happy to have on the show the tournament director of the Las Vegas Invitational, the former USA 7th National Team captain uh, and now tournament expert John Hinkin, who's running the Las Vegas Invitational, which has at least 25 brackets and will be running uh, pretty much concurrently, just a little bit, bef- starting a little bit before the USA 7s in Las Vegas, and um, has thousands and thousands of rugby players and hundreds of teams coming in. And uh, John, welcome to the show. Thank you, Alex. Good to be here. So first of all, John, uh, you know we we talk a lot about the uh, Las Vegas Invitational being this massive tournament, and last year. Um, I know the numbers were really good, and um, we were kind of been expecting it to be even bigger this year. Would that be, would that be fair? Is it is is it bigger this year? And and how is it? Yeah, bigger? it became it became bigger this year uh, officially yesterday. Uh, we had two hundred we had two hundred and three registrations last year, and uh, that equated to about two hundred thirty teams. Uh, as of today, we're at 207 registrations, and I know that there were teams signing up yet again today, so that number is even higher. So we will we'll be pipping we'll be pipping that 250 team number that we were looking for. Now this this all started back in in San Diego. I remember you standing yeah. on 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 the stage. Uh, in in San Diego uh with a megaphone telling people where to go and that and and that tournament there was a there was a touch tournament there was there was actually a collegiate sevens tournament there I, I remember University of Utah won it and there yeah. was there was a women's uh tournament women's international there was a women's international tournament which uh yeah w- so so that's been going uh, and that was real small the first time you did it and then it grew and grew um what what has this been like to to come up with this idea of having an invitational, really to encourage people to go see the USA Sevens and then have it become this enormous, probably you know probably the biggest tournament in the country. Yeah, well, I, I imagine the biggest in the Americas. Um, I, I'm extremely proud, but you know we got to start there. It uh, the way it started was actually a conversation between Dan Lyle and Ray Peterson and myself. And uh, literally, I said, you know, we need to do, we need to have something more to, to drive people to this event in San Diego. Let's do, uh, let's do an invitational tournament. And they both said, yeah, that is a great idea. You run it. <laughs> oh, I went, oh, wait a minute. So uh, I volunteered uh, for some years, three years, and uh, it built up to well over 100 teams in just a couple of years and went back with them and said, this is a, this is a real deal. This is a full-time gig. And they uh, we looked at the numbers of, of how it grew. And uh, they said, yeah, absolutely. So I, I came on to USA 7th officially and uh, moved to Vegas. And we have grown every year since. So 127 teams the first year to 167 teams, to 230 last year, to at least 250 this year. So it's something that, you know, it's something that the youth are getting into. And then all the way up to national teams that don't make the IRB stop. 
are calling and making sure they can get into the Las Vegas Invitational. So it's a fantastic uh, event for men, women, youth, the whole thing, and I, I couldn't be happier with the way it's exploded. Now, it has changed over time because um, the the concept of the, especially the collegiate, the the collegiate challenge match, was one of the was one of the big draws in San Diego. I remember pretty much everything yeah. stopping to see uh, Cal play Ombak. That was the big yeah. game one year, um, and 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 that was a great game to watch uh, uh, to, to see that kind of uh, matchup go on. But yeah, with, the, with the Super League champion versus the collegiate champion that year. Right, exactly. And then, but but as the uh, the CRC came forward, uh, collegiate sevens is, is becomes a bigger thing, and um, I mean it, that's grown. But you also mentioned the youth, the high school, and I think your high school level, your your numbers are growing, as the challenge matches sort of aren't aren't as common. These other aspects are are more common. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting, and again, our our set here to look at it is not very big. We don't have a very big scope to look at it, it's just some years. But it's interesting every year which divisions go crazy and teams just flock into, and then which which slow down every year. So this year, um, the 15 are, are – uh, are not filling up as much, and that challenge match isn't filling up as much. And, and you talk to teams, and, and I think it's because of the success of, of events like the CRC, is they're forcing colleges to play rugby much more year-round. Teams are training much more year-round, and if they can get a weekend off, they'll take it. And, I, and that's what I'm hearing from a lot of the coaches, is this is just the time we need to relax this weekend We'd rather just skip out on it, uh, you know. So our, we're almost a victim of our own success in, 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 a, in a manner of speaking. John, I'm, every year it seems like, just like you said, each tournament takes its new shape, or each bracket takes a new shape, and one jumps above the other. Um, you know, the CRC qualifier had been huge there for a couple of years, probably the best yeah. college sevens tournament last year in the entire country, and the year before even, um, just in terms of competition on the field. Now this year I look at this men's elite bracket and it looks insane with, if I got the count correct, like seven national teams and um, some very good, uh, you know, a couple developmental teams as well, a couple USA developmental teams, a, a French, you know, Francis second side and, uh, you know, yeah. some really good rugby there. Is there a bracket that gets you excited the most about the way it came together and the teams that are in it? Um well, that elite division is something that I, I really enjoy. I mean, whoever thought that an amateur rugby tournament in the United States would bring national teams every year to play? That's that's just kind of cool right there. The one that excites me the most, though, and the one that is the high school uh, divisions and the fact that they, they have expanded and grown this year uh, and, and we're still getting teams wanting in. And that excites me a lot because that's our youth. That's where everybody has talked about for all the years that we've been playing rugby here is we got to get grassroots rugby going and youth rugby going. Well, well, here it is. Um, in San Diego, where I live, there are just a ton of youth clubs now. There's signs all over the place, come play rugby. 
And, uh, you know, we, we couldn't, we were begging high school teams to come for the last couple of years. And now that division is not only filled up, but we've expanded it to 24 teams in the, in the open. Uh, we have the elite high school and we had to limit that at eight, although we've had uh, interest from uh, other countries to bring their uh, high school select or U19 select teams as well. So that, that's the one that excites me the most, the youth. Uh, that are growing and, and it's showing here in the, in Vegas. You guys, uh, you know, USA Sevens also runs obviously the, the Collegiate Rugby Championship in Philadelphia, and the High School Rugby Challenge that runs in conjunction to yeah. that. Uh, that's a pretty big Sevens tournament too. Is there a, any kind of friendly oh, competition the, within the office to see who, which 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 ones which high school competitions better? <laughs> uh, why not? <laughs> I, I I think I'm competitive about how fast I can tie my shoes with somebody. You know, it'll be it'll be competitive all the time. That Philly is is a fantastic event for obviously the collegiate uh, side, um, and NBC is a great partner there as well. And the, the high school tournament there is, you know, the success that we're having here will certainly uh, make the the Philadelphia tournament a very important tournament for for programs, you know, if, if programs decide that Vegas is our West Coast destination and Philly is our East Coast destination, that's fantastic. Because we will put on a first-class, we'll put on a first-class tournament at both locations for them, uh, as we should. You know, it's interesting. Uh, you talk about the, the ones, the tournaments that have grown and the ones you're excited about. Um, first of all, on the high school side, the high school elite side, that's one where uh, Salty Thompson and his high school All-Americans program, they jumped on that as quickly as they could. They, because I remember two, two years ago talking to them about sevens, and they said most of these kids, they've never played sevens. We just told them, you're coming on a sevens team now. And, yeah. and, and they, they taught them sevens in that assembly. And then you look at the men's elite, and one of the big complaints we had, uh, Pat, I know you and I talked about this, You know the idea that why isn't, why isn't the USA sending a development team to the men's elite? Why don't they do that? And that was um, and 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 I wouldn't put it on say Al Caravelli for doing that. Al Caravelli was working yeah. two jobs to start with. Um, you know, he had a budget of what he was go- doing. But we know that Alex Magleby has shifted things around a little bit, and he's working really hard on development. And you've got you're now getting support. You're now getting USA Rugby acknowledging that. If you want to train potential internationals in sevens, you probably should be sending as many players to Vegas as possible. Yeah, and you know who else is hearing that? Are all the clubs and all the colleges and everybody else? You know, the, a lot of the uh, interest I get from teams is, "Hey, we have a stud on our team. Is there a chance he'll get seen?" And uh, you know, there's been success stories that happened in Vegas where players came and they got into the elite bracket in Vegas just to be seen. And it's led to national team selections and camp invitations. Sure. So, well, yeah, Luke, both, Luke Hume won a, a men's elite championship with the, with the, the pops last year. And he yeah. ends up on the national team. Uh, that's yeah. certainly an example there. And we've seen several others where people show up and they say, go, go to Vegas. Let's see how you do there. Um, let's see you play, and then we'll think about, you know, we'll, we'll go from there. That's the first time yeah, uh, I mean, 
Tommy Saunders was seen by Al Caravelli, was in Vegas. Also yep. playing last year in that final was Peter Dahl, Ty Inosa. Not that they're new guys that nobody would seen before, but those guys played in, you know, in the side tournament last year could very well be playing, um, at least Ty Inosa, you would expect to be playing inside the stadium this year for the Eagles. So there, there are a lot of those success stories. And that's exactly right. And people point, you know, they point to, I'm on this field this year, but I'm on that fun next year. And it's a goal for them. So, you know, that kind of, to, to have that platform available is is also a, a pretty cool deal. And, and, and the, the women as well, you know, they're bringing, although they're in Houston the week before, um, the USA is bringing a, a, an A side and a select side. So, you know, they're, they're using it, this as a, as a camp almost, along with Canada, um, to see who they can play against on the uh, on the women's elite side. Well, is it is it wouldn't it be fair to say first of all that the the, the San Diego slash Las Vegas Invitational has done an enormous service to the women's national sevens program, considering there were there were oh, times yeah. I mean no nobody ever saw them play except at that tournament. You know, nobody, nobody in the United States saw them play. That sometimes there were times when that that was the only international competition they could get in between Hong Kong and Dubai. And that and that's still almost true. There's there's a few other tournaments that have sprung up, but we uh, that was again one of the things that we focused on when I started the uh, the Invitational was the women's aspect of the game. Uh, we needed that. We needed that to get the Olympic vote. So there was a lot more to it than just having women play uh, and putting them on the stage that they deserve. It also helped get the Olympic vote in because that was what we were told years before. And the reason it didn't get in was, well, you know, you only got half the equation here. So it's true. I think it was not only important to for the U.S. women to play and play on home soil, but for the Olympic vote, which raises the bar of the entire sport. Speaking of the women, one of my favorite things that are kind of weird things that goes on is kind of like the, um, the, the obscure national teams. We've all seen South Africans play. Everybody in American rugby sees plenty of South Africans, plenty of Kiwis. You know, we get to watch them on the big screen. But, you know, the Netherlands women's team, you know, comes and plays in the women's elite. What was it, the, the Tyrolean team from the? Oh, we loved the Tyrolean team. They didn't win a game, yeah. but they were great. And then, yeah. and then this year we have in the men's bracket, what is it, G- Germany and Iceland that are coming to play? No, just Iceland. Germany Iceland. didn't 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 pull through, but Iceland is here. How about that? Yeah, how does that? I mean, this I'm thinking of the Mighty Ducks too when the Team USA Junior <laughs> Olympic Hockey Team played Iceland. How do you get the Iceland it. rugby team in, in in the Middle East? Not not only is Iceland playing, but they're bringing they're bringing uh, supporters as a and they're playing as a men's club as well. That's and awesome. uh, so they're they're gonna they're they're coming in mass. The the entire rugby population of Iceland will be here. <laughs> Something tells me that Iceland rugby fans party pretty hard. Just, just, well, yeah, just a thought. They're, they're, they're going to be stoked to be playing on grass. Well, that's true. Instead of lava, um, the, the that that's a that's a huge part of it too. Um, you know, the 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 traditional uh, amateur camaraderie aspect of it. 
Um, John, one of the things you mentioned spectators. What what is the spectator uh, experience like for fans who want to come watch the LVI games? Well, and 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 well, you know how unique, do they do it? Yeah, it's well. First of all, it's free. There's there's three locations that the uh, LVI will be played at: the Star Nursery Fields, which are right next to the stadium, the Silver Bowl Fields, which are across the street from the stadium. And then Heritage Park, which is in Henderson, and it's about a 10-minute drive from the stadium, just to give a reference. Um, the Heritage Park is where there'll be half the half the field today. We have 13 fields uh, set up, and that's going to be a huge, huge event on Thursday and Friday. Um, but it's it's a it's a free event. They can come and watch uh, rugby from U14s all the way up to masses. But the other thing is also they can watch national teams. They can watch Russia and Chile, you know, and and all these teams um, play for free. So, so you know that that's a that's a pretty cool experience. Oh, it's great, and it, it's a it's a free event, so you can you can sort of pick and choose. Now the uh, the Henderson Fields, the which is the Heritage Park, I believe they that's where most yes. of the high school games will be. All the high school games will be there. Um, most college, except for the College Seven, will be there. And um, the Aces Division, which has got some some pretty good teams in it as well, uh, will be there. Uh, women's college will be there. You know, all sorts of all sorts. They, it, the schedule will be up soon. We've got uh, <laughs> we've got schedules pretty much done for. Well, we've got the schedules done for the sevens. Uh, we're sliding in all the 15s matches now. Um, the other good thing, we'll, 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 rugby magazine, rugbymag.com will have will have the schedule, and then. Uh, we will also have an LVI program this year, which uh, folks can look at, and, and when they get to Las Vegas, get an LVI program, which will have everything sorted out for them as well. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, it's it's going to be great. Now, the timing is February seventh, eighth, and ninth. Is that correct? Yes. And and, uh, and you're going to have day Thursday all day Friday, and then Saturday morning. Saturday morning, and then you will also have four finals in Sam Boyd Stadium uh, played in front of the, the full crowd during the USA 7. Four on Saturday, one on Sunday. Oh, great. So what what are those finals going to be? The Saturday finals in um, will be the Elite, Men's Elite, the um, CRC final, the Aces final, Men's Aces final and the uh, boys high school, the All American Elite final, and then on Sunday the women will play in the stadium. And the way it'll be just like last year's um, schedule with the women is that uh, the women's final will kick off the finals for Sunday afternoon. Great. So we'll, we'll what what fans will be able to see at the end of the action on Sunday at the USA Sevens will be in order. It'll be the women's final, the shield final, the bowl final, the plate final, the third, fourth playoff, and then the cup championship game. So that'll be six games Correct. in a row, one being a third, fourth game, 
and all the other ones will be for a trophy, including the women's final. Um, exactly. And and we, you know we we certainly hope to see the USA in that final. Um, but it's it's actually been a it's been a tough trophy for the USA women to win. Um, yeah. Yeah. They're good and, teams. Yeah. They're very good teams. Um, oh, over time, John, what have you learned about this in terms of putting on this tournament? Uh, you mentioned putting uh, you know, a printed program. That's something that um, fans wanted and needed. Yeah. Um, what What are some of the What are some other things that you perhaps have learned about um, putting on this program? Perhaps maybe not coming up with ideas uh, to Dan Lyle and Ray Peterson so that they can volunteer you for them. Uh, maybe that's something you've learned. Yeah, don't speak. Um, yeah. I have. Uh, I've, it's it's been. I've learned how involved putting on an event is. That is something that, um, again, no one will understand unless they're actually involved in in the in the process. That's even the LVI. Uh, it, it's basically a year-long process, and the reason it is is because we are trying to make it uh, a better event all the time. So we're constantly after sponsors. You're constantly looking at new fields. You're constantly uh, getting information out to teams and, and getting input, opinions back from teams. So every year, we, you know, we were asking the question, you know, how can we improve? What can we do? And every year, um, there is a significant difference. You mentioned that the this year, the program will probably be the big significant difference as far as what people can put their hands on. Um, we increase certain divisions and we decrease certain divisions depending on what people want and what people um, need to play or want to play. Uh, the new fields down at Heritage are, are they're great fields. It's going to be it's a great complex. I think people will be pretty impressed when they get down there to see what we're playing on. Um, the you know the year before that we we put a bunch we put up the athlete performance tent and uh, that was a fantastic ad and because I was you know I'm bringing in national teams or top top sides and then the, the top club uh, but we're still asking them you know to just play as though it's a regular tournament so we bring in the athlete performance tent. Um, Contacted that contact these guys, and now they are they are part of our event for the international teams as well. Uh, and it's not something that I want to just focus on the top layer too. How to improve the top? It's also how to improve the non-elite teams. Um, you know, opening up more divisions for the youth. It, it's making the schedules on uh, Friday and Saturday so that the youth can play. It's making the uh, all those little things that you hear from from teams so that the experience overall is going to be better for them. We will be right back with John Hinkin from the Las Vegas Invitational right here on Rugga Matrix America. Hi, this is Glenn Thomas with the University of Delaware. We'll be competing this June in Philadelphia at the CRCs. Don't miss out. You can check it out at USA7CRC.com. Go Delaware. Hey, fans, go to RugbyImports.com for all your rugby outfitting needs. Whether you're kitting out your team with our American-made jerseys, stocking up on training supplies, or just getting a new pair of boots, Rugby Imports has all you need for on the field and off. Go to RugbyImports.com. 
Okay, we're back on Rugby Matrix America. This is Alex Goff from RugbyMag.com along with Pat Clifton from RugbyMag.com and we are talking with John Hinkin who runs the Las Vegas Invitational, the largest rugby tournament in North America. And Pat, I know you uh, wanted to delve into one aspect of the tournament and uh, some of the teams that are involved. I want to just throw out a statement and kind of an observation for myself and then if either of you have a reaction, just throw it in. But I think that we hear, um, if you talk to some of the old heads um, around rugby about how the days of touring are gone or how the days of great tournaments are gone, you know, the lament about, yeah, Fort Lauderdale, Rugger Fest isn't what it used to be, and Aspen isn't what it used to be, and Saranac Lake's not the same, and the Monterey tournament's yeah. gone. The, yeah. the, the, the great tournaments are gone. But I think what yeah. gets lost in USA 7s is how great of a tournament the LBI is, and not just because obviously it has that carrot of being able to go watch, you know, the IRB tournament that's phenomenal that no other tournament in America has. But the fact that it's basically the Dennis Store Classic, the kickoff tournament in Northern California, Denver Sevens, and, all, you know, Savannah St. Pat's all thrown together because there's great elite rugby, high-performance rugby, there's great social rugby, there's great old boys rugby, and there's a great, fantastic party to be had if that's what you're after, or just really good high-performance environment to be after. And it kind of has everything that every tournament anybody, you know, in the United States raves about all into one. Yeah, and, you know, I, I agree. I, I agree with you, Pat, and um, obviously I'm a bit biased. But, I, you know, I do agree in that, you know, the, the – the Monterey tournament was just ending as I started my career. Uh, the Santa Barbara tournament was uh, was the, the only real big one that uh, was around Ombak. My club had a little tournament uh, in comparison, but it um, it uh, you know it all they all went away, and so that touring attitude that is rugby uh, around the world, you, you do feel that. Um, and so I get, you know, I get, obviously, I get phone calls and emails from all around the world. You know, they're excited because they're coming to America to play. And so you do feel that the touring aspect is still very, uh, very alive around the world. Uh, it's, it's been lost a little bit here in the United States because the tournaments have gone away. And, uh, and some just aren't what they used to be. Um, so it's great that we can offer what we can offer, and uh, which is a tournament that has everything for everybody, uh, all in one roof. Oh, and by the way, the cherry on top is you get to see <laughs> the USA Seven. The touring from around the world is is very exciting. People are very excited to come to Vegas uh, and to play in the United States. But teams from around the United States are also pretty excited. Uh, in February in most places, is not a good rugby month. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of people that are putting on snowshoes instead of rugby shoes. It's not a good month for, month for much, really, is it? It's just kind of a... I mean, I, I personally find the whole thing invigorating. It's like it's, yeah. it's, it just gets me going for the rest of the season, for everything that's yeah. done. Um, I really love it. And I, I just find it fascinating and... and um, you know, Pat, when you asked that question, I was thinking sort of along the same lines about the whole concept of the, the you know, is the tournament dead? Um, here we have the ultimate um, business 
aspect of the game, the the USA Sevens, the thing that's supposed to make you know make a profit, you know, and 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 so in the end, what we find happening partly is that we've revitalized one of the classic two aspects or three aspects of amateur rugby, the tour, the tournament, and the camaraderie among all kinds of players get celebrated through the LVI. So here in the middle of the the big commercial thing, which is the USA Sevens, we end up going back to our roots. Yeah, well, and you, you find that. You do find that, Alex, and that, that's a great point. Um, the LVI hotels um, have been very, very happy. <laughs> and the reason is you walk into the LVI hotels and there are people everywhere and they're all telling their stories and lies about how good they were. <laughs> Nobody tells a story about how good they are. It's always about how good they were. Um, and, and yeah, that, that is there now. So, and that's, that would be the station's casinos, uh, correct. Uh, Correct. hotels which are which have been uh, they're a name sponsor of the LVI. It's the LVI presented by Stations Casinos. Um, I still can't get over some of the um, room rates that they're charging. Uh, you know, oh, they're what? unbelievably inexpensive. Yeah, uh, they really bent over backwards to to, to help rugby, and uh, they're they they do it all. And they're they're not they're hotels and casinos, so everybody can go have their their Vegas experience, but they're also family friendly. So they have movie theaters. Uh, Sunset Station has a bowling alley, and that what's really cool about that is what ends up happening with the youth teams is teams from all around the world end up challenging each other in a bowling tournament after the rugby tournament. That's great. That's awesome. It's fun. That's awesome. Uh, you know, and compare that. Compare the welcome that you get in Las Vegas. Welcome rugby fans. We're very happy to hear, have you, whereas, and I won't say which city it happened in, uh, but maybe you can guess, but I remember checking into my hotel for the USA 7s and getting a note handed to me that basically said, if you, if rugby fans, if you get wild and party, we are not responsible for the damage in your room. You're responsible. And, and <laughs> you know, what a way to welcome people is to say, you guys are obviously crazy and we're not even sure we want you here, which is essentially what that said. <laughs> uh, the the attitude in Las Vegas and and the the greater outside Las Vegas area where some of the stations, casinos uh, are, is, is completely different. Yeah. Well, I don't think there's anything the rugby crowd can do that hasn't been done in <laughs> Vegas. Let's just start and end there. <laughs> I mean, quite true. I, I, you know, I wanna... and, and I, this is not a challenge to anybody either to, to try and up that ante. So, well, I, th- I think the challenge has just been laid down. We'll be right back here on Rugged Matrix America. Hey everybody, this is Alex Goff from Rugged Matrix America and RugbyMag.com and we all know it takes grit and determination just to get to the edge of a rugby pitch and it takes even more courage drive and passion to lock arms with your teammates and rise to the challenge and play in a game at Lauer Family Wines. They know that too. They have a passion for rugby and a passion for wine and that passion collides in their Hooker Wines line from Napa Valley. Steeped in the tradition, teamwork and heroism of the game and their drive inspires them to create wines that honor those who chase their passions in rugby and elsewhere in life. Get in the match and buy Hooker Wines online at hookerwines.com. 
Las Vegas is the place to be February 8th through 10th as the USA 7's International Rugby Tournament returns to one of the world's most exciting cities. The top 16 National 7s teams, including your own USA Eagles, collide in Round 5 of the HSBC 7s World Series at Sam Boyd Stadium in Las Vegas. Come experience the wonderful international atmosphere and mind-blowing action up close. Then celebrate, see a show, and experience all the food, gaming, and excitement of Las Vegas. It's an international party. Go to USA7s.com for tickets and hotel information. USA 7s, February 8, 9, and 10 in 2013. Let's go. And we're back here on Rugger Matrix America with John Hinken from the Las Vegas Invitational and Pat Clifton. We were talking about how the LVI is somehow revitalizing the, uh, the amateur aspect of rugby and the camaraderie and the fun part of going to tournaments. There's a fair contingent of people that are in the club scene in America and even the college scene they are either just completely disinterested in high-performance rugby. Like, they don't – the only time they ever use the word USA Rugby is when they're complaining about their dues or something else. That, that They don't take that much interest in the Eagles, who would be just as happy going to the Wayne State Tournament or going to a tournament where the social is as important as the games. And I think that it's kind of a hidden part of the fact that you can still get that at the LBI. I remember me and Alex were meeting – I think it was the Golden Nugget a couple of years ago – get ready to walk out of our – you know, it's like 7.30 in the morning. We're going to go get breakfast and then go check out some of the early CRC qualifier games. And there's a slew of guys that we see from, you know, that I know from back in Kansas City who still haven't gone to bed yet, sitting there playing crafts, you know, as we're getting ready to go watch the LVI tournament. Um, and I think that that kind of really fun social aspect that is is the, the draw for such tournaments as like the 90 tournament, you know, the 90 team tournament in, in Wayne, Nebraska is part of the thing that some people don't get or don't think that they're going to get when they go to Vegas. So that's to me is, is, is all those little parts that kind of add up and that literally anybody can get what they want, whether it's that family oh, yeah. friendly stuff. 100%. Or, yeah. Well, the, the other thing about yeah the LVI is that for, for, uh, for Jackie Finland, Pat Clifton and myself is that, uh, I, I don't know if we work any harder than we do that weekend. So um, yeah, we're we're the ones who are there first thing in the morning with the teams that are that are uh, playing the first games, and we're there through the last games. And John, I know you're there too. Um, but uh, it is it's a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun too. The Tyrolean joy that uh, teams generally feel um, when they're playing there. There's there there are. Yeah, again, there's going to be 250 teams this year. We're going to play 750 matches of rugby over three days. Um, It's going to be phenomenal. And in the last couple of years, um, I can tell you the number of complaints, you know, with one hand. And and that's just it. People will have a good time. Uh, Well, we certainly do have a good time reporting on it and being right in the middle of it. It is the Las Vegas Invitational. Go to USA7s.com and click on the link for the Las Vegas Invitational to get information. There's still time to register teams. Yeah, there's only a few few, few divisions still open. A but... few, very small number of divisions open, a little bit of uh, gaps there, so you can, you can check online to see what's there and perhaps uh, show up. Um, but if you're in Las Vegas for the USA 7s, or if you're in there 
and you just happen to like rugby, go see these things because you've got the, you've got at the Star Nursery and at the Silver Bowl Fields next to Sandboy Stadium, then at Heritage Park in Henderson. Uh, they'll be uh, going uh, the 7th, 8th, and 9th, um, and, and also in the stadium on the 9th and 10th. And it, it's really an exciting time. And if you can't get there, make sure you follow all that's happening on RugbyMag.com because we'll be reporting on it all. So John Hinken, tournament director of the Las Vegas Invitational, presented by Stations Casinos. Really appreciate you being on the show. Hey, thank you very much, guys. Good talking to you, Alex and Pat. Uh, we will be seeing you live in person quite soon. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Cheers. And that does it for us here on this latest edition of Rugby Matrix America. This is Alex Gall from RugbyMag.com with Pat Clifton, also from RugbyMag.com. Bruce McLean will be back next time. And we want to thank you for listening to Rugby Matrix America.